you are listening to Blockchain Beat. This episode was previously featured on the Blockchain PR podcast. Hi there, my name is Ana Paula Picasso and you are listening to the Blockchain PR podcast. In this episode, me and Ricardo Yurt talked about what formal verification is and how smart contracts gave a new lease of life to formal verification. Ricard is a student of computer science at Chalmers University in Gothenburg, and he also works for Runtime Verification, a software company focused on verification-based tools. I got in contact with you, or actually when I wrote the article for CoinFormania about Tezos, mm-hmm. how more companies are using Tezos blockchain for the security tokens. That what the form of verification comes in, that Tezos use form of verification. We could go right in into what form of verification is, and okay. then we can talk about the company work for, what's the name again? Runtime verification. Runtime verification. And how you got involved with these guys. What is formal verification? Yeah, so formal verification, well, it's obviously a term with two parts. Oh. And the parts are formal and, the, and verification. And verification is something that a lot of software uh, software enterprises deal with. Like they have a verification department. They might have testers. Someone basically checking when the software rolls out the door of the software factory that it's actually does what it's supposed to, right? If software was built to a specification, then they check that it actually you know, satisfies that specification. And <clears throat> the way you usually do that is by a whole bunch of things. But you can do it in, in many, many different ways. And the second part of the word is formal. And that actually refers to formal logic or math. So the idea is instead of doing a bunch of testing, what you do is you treat your program as math and then you start proving things about the program. So instead of testing that your program does what it's supposed to, you try to prove. Uh, Yeah, so one example could be that you have a a smart contract, an ERC-20 contract, and let's say you want to prove that, one thing you obviously want to prove is like when I I invoke the transfer function, the total amount of tokens in the contract is going to be the same before and after I do the transfer. So I don't accidentally uh, delete tokens and I don't accidentally mint tokens by doing a transfer, for example. And you can do that by testing a bunch of edge cases or you can do it by proving it can never happen that the amount of tokens change. And so that, that's, that's the idea behind formal verification. You verify programs if you do it by formal methods. And that might sound straightforward, sort of like, you know, you, you do math, you do a proof. There are a lot of pitfalls. So what, what are the pitfalls? Well, w- one thing is that a really hard thing is writing a good specification, right? Like, if you want to say exactly what your program does, like a full formal specification, you want to describe your program exactly in a formal mathematical way, essentially you're almost bound to be writing 
as much as the entire code of uh, your program because a program really is just a long mathematical description of exactly what kind of behavior uh, you should see for any given output or any given so what you do is that you write uh, it's sort of like, like tests you write specifications for that are less general you don't describe the program perfectly you describe things like what I just said that if you if I invoke transfer the amount of tokens aren't going to change uh, the second thing is that also relates to writing specifications is that express properties in a sort of formal way and that usually means you have to make certain assumptions of the state before you, you can quite easily assume things that don't that aren't really true you can misunderstand uh, the intended functioning of the, the program and so on so it's it's you have to be really, really careful when you write the specification and you have to really think about what you prove it like if i prove that the amount of tokens in a contract don't change after invoking transfer but i do that assuming only that you know the amount of tokens are below a certain number then my proof might not be super useful and I probably shouldn't trust it. Going back to what you said in the beginning, the formal verification, you don't have to spend a lot of time doing testing, testing your software, but don't you think the advantages make up for, for the, these, the pitfalls, like you said? So don't you think that is formal verification is still the way to go? Yeah, I, de I definitely think so. I, I just mean to say that when you, when you talk about formal verification, people, it's, it's like anything. It's harder than it sounds in the original pitch sometimes, and you kind of have to know what you're doing. So it's, ideally, we want to put formal verification into the hands of every developer, and there's a bunch of projects on this. We have a project for doing that and making things as automatic and helpful as possible. But definitely, I think formal verification is the way to go, at least for smart contracts. I mean, if you're writing a web app, it might not really be worth it. Because what you said before is like, well, this is easier because you don't have to run, write a bunch of tests. You just have to write one proof. That's true in theory. But in practice, formal verification is time-consuming and requires some expert knowledge. So writing a bunch of unit tests is... Or even like property-based tests, like quick check tests, uh, are usually easier for the average developer or the average development team if you don't have the expertise to do formal verification. And even then, it's kind of time-consuming. But the but, time put on it, is it worth it? Because you can see, okay, value for money, time for money. You can probably spend a lot of time in the beginning, but then it goes well. Yes, exactly. And I mean, the... the the thing is, formal verification, I think, has its niche. And historically, that niche has been things like aerospace and embedded systems, where you're dealing with a pretty small system that plays a critical role in something that costs billions of dollars or that can cause people to lose lives, for example. With the advent of smart contracts, we now have... Oh, hold on. Uh, go back a little bit on that. Aerospace. Yes. So, well, so formal verification has a long history, especially in um, hard, uh, the hardware verification. I don't know, I think it was Intel a bunch of years ago that shipped, uh, this is like decades ago, that shipped uh -huh. a, uh, a processor that had an error when it computed floating points or something. And they had to recall all these processors. So 
for the last like 30 years maybe, uh, formal verification has been pretty big in building hardware. You, you formally verify that your processor does the right thing because you, you can't just redeploy a processor the way you can usually redeploy soft processor, for example, or hardware. It's usually a pretty small unit that you build once and then ship and can't really take back and that are, can be pretty critical for a lot of use cases. And that means you have a now pretty high value for uh, each hour of formal verification. And the same is often true for like, if you're doing embedded systems in like aerospace, if you're, if you're sending a rocket uh, out in space, you're like putting up a satellite and you have a small um, embedded unit that's running uh, a big like C program, you want to be sure that you didn't do too many silly mistakes in that same program. So one thing that runtime verification has is uh, a product that goes over C program code and looks for any operations that may cause undefined behavior and those, those kinds of things. That would be yeah. my next question. What, what does runtime verification do? What's and how do you get involved with this guy? So I mean, runtime verification has been a long, been around for a long time, uh, and has previously been based in the US. Yes, exactly. Uh, they're connect or like in the same same area as the uh, University of Illinois Champaign, Urbana Champaign, Champaign Urbana. I never remember the order of those. And it's been around for a long time. Used to be more working uh, with places like NASA, Toyota, maybe Boeing, uh, doing like this, what I described, the more classical approaches or the classical uh, niches for formal verification. So, so from 2017, smart contract platforms have been coming up in a big way. We've seen Ethereum that's launched in 2015, I think. And, uh, but you also have things like um, uh, Cardano and Algorand and basically you saw the blockchain space explode and explode in what I mean is it became huge all of a sudden a lot of money was being controlled by smart contracts and smart contracts are very interesting because they actually share a bunch of the properties for the the old niches of formal verification like it's you can't redeploy usually you're a lot of money can hang on these lines of code, but even more so with smart contracts, there's like an adversarial aspect of this because the code is completely open to anyone. And if anyone can't exploit it, they might be able to steal the money. I mean, in, in a self-driving car, for example, or your little embedded ship, it's, it's very important that it doesn't fail, but it, the adversarial model isn't that bad. I mean, someone could be trying to hijack your car, but there's not that much obvious benefit immediately to anyone putting in the effort to do that. Whereas with a smart contract, anyone anywhere in the world could inspect it, see that, oh, there's a bug here. If I exploit this bug, I can route all the money in this contract over to me. So there's a big incentive for people to go and look for these kinds of bugs and exploit them. So essentially, smart contracts make a very, very compelling use case for formal verification. I, I actually calculated this, that uh, Maker, um, the DAI, the multi-collateral DAI has, I think, as of 
a few days ago, $360 million locked in it. And if you only count the lines of code in multi-collateral DAI, like not, not the comments and everything, you come up to 1,351 lines of solidity code. So we're talking about around $260,000 per line of code. Wow, there's a lot of money. Yes, exactly. And I mean, formal verification is sort of, I mean, lines of code is always not, it's not the best measurement for many things, but it's sort of a decent approximation saying like, well, you know, the, the formal verification effort kind of scales with the number of uh, lines of code you have. Of course, it scales also like, you know, with the amount of interconnection you have between modules and the complexity of your app. But I mean, in general, like a bigger system takes a longer time to verify. The diagrams over multi-collateral die, I mean, it's, it's, it, they look complex, but comp compared to like most software systems, it's really, really small. It's like 13 or so inter interconnected components. You're talking about 1,350 lines of code, like 2,500 or something, including comments. It's, it's worth a lot of developer and more verification effort. Like anything you can verify is probably a good... Uh, worth the money. I see, I see. So let's talk about the future now. What, mm -hmm. uh, what you think is going to happen? Um, <clears throat> it could be you yourself or what the guys at Runtime Verification are doing uh, for the future. What do you see from our verification being applied? Or would there be a, something better than formal verification? in the next five or even two to five years or what's your opinion about the future? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's an ex excellent question. Well, okay, let's address the, the most contentious thing first. Well, is, is it going to be something better than formal verification? I'm going to say Would that no. be something better than formal verification? <laughs> I, I mean, you th I'm thinking about whether something can be better than formal verification. Because, I mean, it's, uh -huh. we, do it, we do it in a certain way. Other people do it in another way. And formal verification is sort of a big, it's a, it's a big field. There's when a lot you of say ways we, to do what is, who is we? You uh, time. Yeah, runtime verification, or rather like people working with the K framework, which is okay. hard to work. Uh, so the, when you're doing things in the K framework, you're doing things a certain way. Okay. Uh, if you're do, uh, using other systems, you're doing them another way. A very common, popular one is Coq. And Coq is just uh, like a, a theorem prover. So you model your language or your programming Coq, and you write proofs about it with the proof assistant. Uh, with K, things are slightly less expressive, but also more automatic. For example, powerful or more but again, there's a bunch of different approaches. And formal verification has been like around since, well, the early days of computing. Like very early people started realizing, well, you know, the first programs had bugs. Like bugs have always been part of software development. And of course that pisses academics off and they say, well, we, let's, let's just make sure, like let's make sure we, we uh, can prove that things work the way they should. And I'd say that the last, half century of formal verification has mostly been 
it's sort of been a bummer. Like a lot of progress has been made in theory, but adoption has been super slow because it is still very, very uh, expensive to do formal verification and hard compared to doing like testing. And again, if you're doing a web app or if you're doing like a desktop app where you're developing an operating system, the pragmatic thing to say is like, well, nah, there's no time for that. But in recent years, with the advent of smart contracts and a lot of money being on blockchains, all of a sudden formal verification is a big buzzword. So I think the big thing yes, that's that we might say, got a new lease of life. Yes, yes. And I mean, and we're going to come into my story, I guess, in a second. And for me, this is like the best time in the world to, to graduate because it's now I can, you have this niche logic oriented field of computer science that like even some of my professors like have been doing this for such a long time and the story has been they do amazing research and make amazing progress and people don't really care as much as they should and right now what's happening is that all of a sudden this field is getting flooded with interest and it's almost hard to keep up and I think that's because of smart contract. So I think what you will see in the next few years is a lot of new form of verification tools, a lot of more, like, for the academics, hopefully you can see more grants for research. Uh, I think for, like, companies, you'll see them building more formal verification tools or formal verification-like tools, like a lot of um, auditing companies. I know, like, make symbolic execution engines and all these kind of things that has been around for a long time, like model checkers, uh, building that just so they can do better audits. Because when, if you do an audit of a contract, you really want to make sure you're the audit company that catches the most bugs. And if you can build some nice tools that can help, help you catch a lot of generic bugs, then obviously you want that. So I think in the next few years, you'll see more, more of these tools come out that are doing some sort of formal verification, but the more automatic kind, and I think you will see them built into the tools that developers use. Like the Solidity compiler recently added a, a model checking, uh, uh, a model checker. So it, it's just kind of, when you compile, it's just gonna run for you know, half a second or something and try to look for any ways that your code could ever reach a bad state or like a state that you have marked unreachable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and it will report it to you if it finds that. And you know, and if, if, if it can't find anything in, in that time, then it's just like, you know, it's not gonna tell you anything. So that's not complete assurance, but it's, I mean, it's definitely an automatic form of verification tool that can help you catch some things. Um, I mean, people already do that. Like people call usually call these things just like static checking. Like you look at the program without running what, it. What they called again? You disappeared for me. Static checking. So people usually call this static checking. Just you know, a way to analyze a program without actually running it. Uh huh. Okay. Um, um, yeah, because obviously, if you try to prove something by running a program, the program can run forever. So somehow you need to take an approach that will let you 
not you know loop forever or do infinite recursions in those kind of things. Is there anything else you want to add, Ricard? Something I haven't asked you. Well, important to talk about we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, I want to add to like this this tooling, um, like the kind of tools that will be rolled out. I think like one thing we're working on is obviously. Uh, it's called Firefly, or like the runtime verification is working on. It's called Firefly, which is um, a way to integrate the KVM, like the K, the K framework model of the EVM, uh, into like Truffle or whatever you're running, your development platform. So you can run your things directly with uh, KVM, which will hopefully make sure that your tests don't go through because of a strange bug in your specific EVM version. No, I, th I think that's, I think that's about all the things I want to say about formal verification right now. I could talk forever about it, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think, I think it was very um, informative, especially for people. They are not developers like myself, people that start to get some interest about smart contracts. So it's very, very, was very useful. How did you get interested in formal verification or was it something you always been interested in? And how do you get into runtime verification? Well, so I, I, always, I was always like a bit of a math nerd and I started studying computer science and <clears throat> Early 2017, I was studying in Japan, actually, as an exchange student, oh, wow. and I needed some friends that Japan is cool, and I figured, yeah, I, I, might, I might as well go. Um, it was pretty, I wanted to go study abroad somewhere, and I had a hard time picking a place, and I got some good recommendations, and I just went, and but yeah, F fantastic decision. Uh, mm -hmm. Great place. I can imagine, yeah. Um, so I got there, this is like mid-2017. Of course, blockchain was getting really big. I was starting to get in, interested in it. I knew, of course, I knew about this. I had some basic understanding of Bitcoin, for example. Mm -hmm. But I needed to pick a research project while I was there. And so I decided to do something with blockchain, and I started to do like some theoretical work. Um, I had a lot of friends in the blockchain scene, so I could ask them a bunch of questions. I was I was uh, I was just doing what everyone does. I try to reinvent the wheel and build a uh, a voting system on blockchain. But I wanted it to be like you know mimic the regular voting system as much as possible. Of course, that fell through because like the cryptography isn't ready for that. Uh, I, 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 I was very ambitious. But anyway, I was I got very interested in blockchain. This was of course when things were blowing up. I kind of turned into the go-to guy around uh, uh, among the like the the other exchange students to ask about blockchains so that people come up and say hey should, should I buy Ripple should I buy this I'm like I obviously said, I, I don't know but I can explain to you how the thing works so you can do your own do your own assessment um, and then in 2018 I came back to Sweden and now my friends that I studied with have started dispersing and getting jobs so one of my friends were working at uh, MakerDAO. So I went and talked to him. Or I like, I just met, met him and went for lunch and kind of asked him what he was doing. And he described his work and that sounded awesome. And I said, oh, I want to go work there. And then we talked about our other friend. And I asked, oh, what is he doing now? And 
I got the description that he is doing logic research, writing proofs, and getting paid. And I needed to say, no, I, that's what I want to do. That sounds absolutely amazing. Like doing some basic math research. And I asked, like, why, how, how can that be? Who's paying them for that? And obviously, it's because they're doing formal verification. And they're trying to come up with things, ways to do better formal verification and proving more things. And I, uh, so I started learning more about what they do and I talked a bit to them. Um, they, called, they are called DAPHUB, which is sort of a crew of formal verifiers. And I got more familiar with formal methods. I started thinking what I just described, like I realized, oh wow, you need to do, this is the perfect use case for formal verification. This is gonna become a big thing. Uh, people are going to start caring a lot about this, and it's a field that sounds really interesting if you're a bit of a math nerd. Like for the last few decades, it's been impossible to, or not impossible, but the interest has, hasn't really been there. People don't really care that much about formal methods, and if you go into it, you're probably going to become an academic, whereas now, all of a sudden, you can do formal methods and do amazing research and actually be more of an engineer and work on real projects right now. Any projects you work with that you were particularly interesting through runtime verification or how does that work for you? Yeah, so what, what happened was I talked to one of the people at DAPUM and they suggested I should look into K, the K framework because that's what they were using. They said that this is becoming like the, the K framework was becoming like the industry industry standard or like the go-to tool for doing formal verification on EDM. And I started looking into it. I talked a bit to runtime verification. This guy at DAPHUB tipped me off that, oh, they have a WASM semantics, a WebAssembly semantics that they're working on that's become, but no one's working on it right now. And what's cool about that is that Ethereum, there's this long-term plan to transition to using WebAssembly instead of their own virtual machine. And uh, and I, so I realized, oh, wait, there's an open source project that has gone stale here that no one is working on. I can pick that up. So I just messaged them and said, hey, can, can I just help out? Can I just like start working on this WebAssembly semantics? And they said, yeah, of course. And so I just got to work doing that. And then interest in this WebAssembly semantics seemed to be picking up at that point. And I started working at runtime verification as an intern during the summer, uh, finalized the WebAssembly semantics with the help of uh, another intern and some other people at RV. And right now I'm writing my thesis about uh, KWASM, like the K version of WebAssembly. So I've been doing some proofs about some small programs using KWASM and writing my thesis about that. And so KWASM has sort of been the project that I've been working on at RV. And I, I've been looking into like uh, some other projects. We have like uh, Mickelson, the semantics for Tezos. Uh, oh, okay. was, got, got involved a little bit in that, but it's not, I, I haven't been one of the developers doing that. But um, yeah, we're, we're building, more semantics or like defining the semantics more 
blockchain languages, which is pretty interesting. And it's also cool to just see the design space of blockchain virtual machine languages. They're all like Mikkelsen is way more high level than most other languages, and it's sort of built around being easy to do some static verification for. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's a it's, it's 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 a fun space. I mean, if you're a programming language and logic nerd, again, maybe ten years ago there weren't that much things you could do. You you it's very hard to make a living out of. Whereas now, building languages and defining things in logic is all of a sudden a viable industrial engineering career, which is uh, amazing. So, I think this is the best time to to graduate or to uh, get into working with that. Uh, if you're interested in mm -hmm. programming language, like basic computer science, there's a lot of cool things happening right now in the blockchain space. I can imagine, I can imagine. So yeah, no, so thanks again for taking the time to talk to me. And I will put the link in the description about runtime verification. Thanks for listening. If you want to know how Blockchain PI can help your business grow, just go to www.blockchainpr.online.